0: Welcome to the Underrepresented in Tech podcast, hosted by Michelle Frechette and Allie Nimmons. Underrepresented in Tech is a free database built with the goal of helping people find new opportunities in WordPress and tech overall. Hello, everyone for the second week in a row, we have a very special guest. Michelle is out at uh, WordCamp Europe at the moment. She is in Greece. I got a text from her yesterday that she's arrived safe and sound. So she's off in Greece playing and being wonderful and talking to people. Um, And I have the equally amazing pleasure, I think, of having Lindsay Miller on the podcast today. Lindsay Miller is the owner and CEO of Content Journey. um, And we have a lot of really cool stuff to talk about. So hi, Lindsay. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Allie. Thank you so much for having me. Not that I'm happy that Michelle's gone, but I'm glad it gave me this opportunity to be here today.
0: There's always that little bittersweetness that Michelle and I have where we're like, oh, we miss the other person, but we're so excited to talk to you, right? Like, right. <laughs> exactly. So and, and Exactly. and Like
1: she gets to be in Greece and we get to be here talking to each other. And yeah. I like us doing this better than being in Greece.
0: There you go. And we got to see each other actually <laughs> last week. You came to Austin for cloud, yeah. cloud fair, cloud fest, cloud fest. Cloud fest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so we got to go and have lunch and hang out and that was really, really fun. Um, That's it's always nice. so great to, I mean, it's, uh, foreshadowing for what we're going to talk about, I feel like it's always very good for my mental health to like go out and actually see people as opposed to Twitter and Zooms and Slacks. Like any opportunity that I can go out and actually like hang out with somebody and see people in person is so good for my mental health.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. We The hardest part about taking care of ourselves is like the first part is like identifying what we actually need Mm -hmm. and so many of us don't know and the second part of that is actually acting on it and doing it so
0: look at you you're way ahead of of the game over here (laughs) cool so um there's so many amazing things that you do and there's so many amazing things we can talk about specifically for today i want to talk about something really cool that you're doing with content journey uh, first tell us a little bit just give us a, a general idea of what content journey actually is for people who are not familiar with that, that brand and those services and so on. Yeah. So content
1: journey is an SEO and content marketing firm. So we focus on going into client sites and fixing all of the technical stuff. We research the new spaces that they need to be in to go after the audience. And then we start creating all of the content that goes along with that. So it's pages and posts and lead magnets and emails and all of the fun things things that go along with it.
0: Perfect. So in the context of that, you have a prioritization or a focus on mental health, which I think is like, it almost confuses me. Like, I'm like, what, how, why, like where does that exactly come in? I wouldn't think of a a content firm having that as a particularly strong focus. So I'm really curious about like, like where that came from I mean, I know where it came from, but if you could tell our <laughs> listeners, like where that came from for you, uh, and how that's actually implemented in in the context of the services that you provide for people.
1: Yeah, well, funny enough, whenever I was doing WordPress and WooCommerce things for a little company called Liquid Web, um, I decided just a little, just this little little space. Um, I decided to go back to graduate school and pursue a lifelong dream that I had of working in the mental health field.
0: Mm, good for you. Yeah.
1: Right. So I was working full time. I had two children and a spouse and went back to grad school mm-hmm. and it was wonderful. I think if I could stay in school forever, I would- be so delighted. I remember telling my parents that the first go round, <laughs> and they laughed and laughed. Um, but so I really loved it. So I, um, actually graduated in 2020 Wow!
0: and what was that in like? the, really quick. What was that like? Uh, talk about mental health, right? <laughs>
1: um, I was in the exact right program with the right peers mm-hmm. for that time period. Um, but yeah, it was really hard to go from, in class at graduate school and just like loving every minute of it. And I think too, being an older student compared to my peers, I felt like I was like this happy little bunny every day. Other people were like, Oh my God, did you read that thing? And I'm like, well, yeah, i read it two weeks it ago. So <laughs> I was probably so annoying. I can't believe <laughs> I still have friends from there. Cause I was just like so delighted every time I, I had the opportunity to go to class, but switching to online all of a sudden, when we had so much uncertainty in the world, um amongst everything else, it, it was a unique experience, yeah. I would say. Um and then when I did my um my internship or whatever that was called, I was seeing clients. So I'm seeing clients as a brand new baby therapist in the first summer of the pandemic yeah uh,
0: everyone we, desperately needed a therapist
1: exactly and um and, and all telehealth so mm. several states typically with your licensure you have to have like special uh dispensation or certification or whatever to do telehealth medicine mm-hmm. well I live in Oklahoma and A lot of states did this, but they had to do it state by state of saying, we're going to waive that. Mm -hmm. And now instead of having to get that extra certification, everyone can just go into telehealth medicine. So that applied to us in the therapeutic setting. So I did all of my supervised hours in telehealth. I think I was probably in a good space to do that since I've been working remotely for so long Mm -hmm. that I already knew how to work a zoom meeting and all of those things, whereas some of my peers didn't have the exact same, um, you know, background. So I was doing a lot of it support for people. (laughs) Never thought I would do that, but yeah, so, but it was, it was, it was rough. And so, um, yeah, finishing out my time at liquid web while graduating all in the middle of 2020. And so Mm -hmm. it had this strong pull towards mental health and mental health awareness forever, and um, being able to solidify that mm. with my degree was fantastic. And mm-hmm. then because I'm, I don't know, a nutty person, um, I also started a content journey in the same year.
0: <laughs> so you were just like, I'm going to be, I'm going to make sure that I'm busy this year. Yeah. Right? Well, I
1: think, <laughs> I think the truth of it is, and I don't know that I've ever really talked about this Publicly, but here we are, right, having the, an open, honest conversation. Um, but the vulnerable piece of that is, I had told my team at Liquid Web because I was going to graduate in December that I was going to put my notice in in January of 2020, mm-hmm. and they asked if I would stay on until the end of March to get through Word Camp, San Antonio, and all mm-hmm. these things, and just help with that. I thought, okay, that's great. That'll give me a nice landing, jumping off spot mm-hmm. um, before I can focus on school. Well. Because everything kind of went to a handbasket, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> in March. Um, I felt like everybody did of going, Oh, I can't start a therapy practice in the middle of all of this and get supervised hours. And what is that going to look like? And mm-hmm. this soft landing space didn't feel as soft any longer. Mm-hmm. And so part of creating content journey was just because I went, well, yeah, We have to pay our bills. Yeah. You know, do something. And so, yeah, I got to do something. And so I went, leaned into what I knew best, yeah. which was uh, marketing and SEO. And so that's really why this business got spun up in the middle of all of it, because I went, I need to make sure I can take care of my yeah. family too. I
0: mean, what is the saying? Necessity is the the mother of invention, right? Like yeah. sometimes you just have to do something, Like right? There's, I, there've been so many times in my life where I look back and I'm like, wow, that was kind of brave or that was really intense or like I never would have thought I would do that. But like when your back is against the wall and you have to make a choice, um, you know, sometimes you do things you might not have ordinarily done and it it's great when it pays off and it works out and, you know, content journey is amazing. And I it seems like you still enjoy, enjoy that and are thriving with that. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that all that worked out. We hope you're learning a lot from the podcast. If you have any questions or need specialized help making your space more diverse, equitable, or inclusive, book a consulting session, audit, or strategy service with us. Just go to underrepresentedintech.com services for more information. Back to the show. So now that you have this graduate degree, you have this company, there's there is now a merging of the two. So tell me about the mental health focus within Content Journey.
1: Yeah. So number three client on our roster was a or is, they're still with us, um, a mental health um and recovery addiction center. And other than learning about that, like especially recovery and addiction space in school and then touring some facilities. Um, I hadn't really worked on the inside like that. And so, but it allowed me to do two things that I wanted to do, right. To focus on marketing and also to work in mental health. And so they came on, I mean, the business started in August. They came on in September as a client and because of their addition to content journey, I was able to make my first, um, team hire, and so that's really was the catalyst for growing that business. But also, like, remember, I still didn't hadn't graduated. I was still in graduate school in September and it wasn't done until December was um, being able to put forth all of this knowledge and care that I had for that space into my profitable business and also impact people in such a profound way to help them in such times of crisis, find the people that they were looking for. And um, it just, it shaped everything for how we were, how I was building the business type of clients that we were going after. And then, um, and really just being able to use my education as, aside from my undergraduate degree, like mm-hmm. that's in history. I don't get to use that as often. <laughs> um, so it was, it was nice to be able to do that.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I resonate that that so much in terms of like, my half a degree that I didn't get uh, was in theater. I was a theater kid between ages five and 21. Um, and I ended up pivoting into tech and web development and all that stuff. And when I started being able to speak at WordCamps and do you know, voiceovers for courses and stuff like that, I was like, oh, I can use this performance experience and knowledge about how to use this instrument I have while also being in this industry that pays me a lot better than theater would have right um and i love like i love that i love when you can merge those two interests into something that actually works right and complements each other and i feel like there's a lot of people in the wordpress space who have like bizarre not not bizarre but like unexpected backgrounds and things that you wouldn't expect them to um like i always think of chris weigman and how he used to be like a an airline pilot I think right and ended up becoming a web developer and I wonder like how does that like are there parallels or comparisons to that that he uses I should ask him that one day um but yeah I I absolutely love that um so yeah tell me more about like the implementation of this like how it actually works well I think that
1: I, I told you this last week I get a little ranty um, and I think this is sort of like the beginnings of it, right? So at first, it was, oh my gosh, I'm getting to use all of these things I've learned in this marketing capacity. And this is going to be so much fun and so impactful and wonderful. And the agency that the facility was leaving um, to move towards um, was just this it's a, it's a very predatory industry. Like sadly, um, the mental health space, the addiction space, oh my gosh, the verbiage that people use, the images that they use on websites. And, um, it's just, cause it, it's a lot of money, right? So like how we know how money from vulnerable people that are paying for it. And, um, so then they say, okay, a bed, let's say a bed costs a, a place for 30 day stay. Let's just say it's $30,000. And so the facilities have a lot of money that's coming in. So they have a lot of money to be able to put into marketing. And so then there are some agencies out there that have gone, okay, we're going to chase this SEO thing. We're going to chase these terms. And they don't necessarily, they don't, I'm just going to say it boldly. They don't care about the humans on the other side of that. And so when we first started working with them, they were like, we're really unhappy with the way that. Our agency is talking about us online. We are very, they talk about being heart centered and human focused, and they're very, um, wonderful in the way that they approach how they help people and their marketing agency was sort of displaying them as the opposite of just like, if you have an addiction, we have a cure, you know, kind of saying, or, um, you can imagine the things people Google, around addiction and recovery. And so they were just chasing those keywords and they weren't explaining the thing. They weren't trying to change the language. It was just like leaning into stereotypes and um, stigmatization of all of these things. Um, And it just didn't feel good to them. And it made me go into a place of feeling, um, protective, honestly. And so the implementation for us looks like kind of going in and ripping out a lot of things and starting over and saying, we understand that at the end of the day, they need clients. They want to help patients. They are driven to help people and come through their doors, but we want to make sure that their journey from a search engine to actually seeking treatment feels cohesive and wonderful and accepted and not judged and mm-hmm. not stigmatized in either language or images mm-hmm. and so oh, yeah um, the
0: images like you mentioned to me like sites having like pictures of drugs and stuff and like <laughs> like pills and things and it's like like who, did, what did, like I don't even it feels stupid to or it feels so obvious to say like, you shouldn't be showing people with addictions pictures of things they're addicted to when they're trying to get help. Right. Like I didn't think that that would need um, explaining. It's (laughs) like, um, I know what
1: addiction looks like. Mm -hmm. My loved one has it, or I have an addiction. I don't need to see it further Mm -hmm. when I'm actually at a space where I'm seeking help. Yeah. And, um, and it, again, it is a very, Predatory approach Mm
0: -hmm. of
1: a marketer or an SEO professional who's just like, sure, it's I'm sure it's getting traffic. Yeah, sure it's getting traffic, but is it at the minimum traffic? It is the right feeling. Consider it
0: right, even if they're not going for predatory. It's just purely not thinking about. It's like, oh, this is an article about, you know, recovery from this drug. We'll put a picture of the. Like, it's just not thoughtful about who is actually reading that article. You're just like connecting two dots and walking away, right? Absolutely. It, like, not to be like
1: crazy about all of these things, but some of the examples I have, this is one outrageous one. It just makes my blood boil every time I think about it. Um, But this agency had put on, this is a different client site that we now work with, a blog post titled cocaine nose something about cocaine nose that okay. was the title of the post and for like an I've, addiction
0: and recovery center
1: yes yes okay so like for a center that detoxes helps people detox from a cocaine um addiction mm-hmm. and so i'm sure people are googling cocaine nose right? right like there's there's a an seo reason for that you know what i mean and um And yet they found it necessary to put it on this website amongst 20 other things, as you can imagine, Mm -hmm. um, along the same lines with images of powdered cocaine uh, sitting on a table next to a credit card. And you're like, okay, so let's just say that my loved one had an addiction and they, I heard someone talking about cocaine nose and I need to Google it to find out what that is. And I end up on a recovery site or a detox site. Mm -hmm. And then all I want to see is people explaining it with images of, you know, powdered cocaine on a tape. Like it's just
0: insulting. So crass. Yeah.
1: It's awful. And so I get really up in arms. I get really mad at these agencies out there doing this work and, um, and I want to change it, and I mm-hmm. want to take all of their clients away from them, and I want to do better, because the people people are seeking help, and they yeah. need help, and they shouldn't be forced to feel bad about needing
0: that help. So the question the question is, how does this content content X, whether whether it's text or pictures, whatever, affect the mental health of the person who is using it? Right, right, like exactly. It's it, and it it makes me think so much of just like basic accessibility practices right like thinking of who is using the content and what is the easiest way for them to do so right so that they can be helped or convert or buy or like you know whatever the the goal is you want to give them the most the straightforward line to get to that point um So, you know, we're talking about this in the context of like addiction, recovery, those sorts of things. Um, What other types of sites or types of content do you look at this through? Or Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I I would say that,
1: um, you know, one of our core values is care.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, You would have asked me five years ago and someone was like, you need core values for your business. And I'd be like, what a waste of time. And now I refer to our core values all the time. Um, but one of those is care. And it and it really just says that we need to make sure that we're thinking about the humans on the other side of this. And we're caring about our our customers' clients. Like it doesn't well for me, and I think for you know, a lot of people too, but definitely for me and for us. And I my entire team feels this way is that we don't stop at, okay, you have these deliverables and you've now paid your invoice. And so like the work is done. There's always a thought process of how is someone going to be impacted by what we're creating? And we I call it unselfish marketing. Um, but basically it says like they may not purchase. Someone may end up on a piece of content that my team has written and, and produced and it may not send them into a purchase cycle or whatever, but if it answers their question, if it makes their life just a little bit better, then we've done our job and we can go to sleep at night. And so that's the lens that we put everything through. And, um, we do focus a lot on mental health and wellness. So journaling apps, for example, or other things that impact the mental health space are all clients in our portfolio that we help with. And we are always thinking about that. I would say same thing for our WordPress clients, though, too, is um, we've, we follow the unselfish marketing rule in every aspect, which is we're creating a piece of content. We want to make sure that somebody gets their question answered, whether they are driven to purchase or not. And putting that goodness out in the world and putting great content on the internet as opposed to subpar or um, solely focused on sales, I think just makes us good stewards and users of the
0: internet. Yeah, I love that. I feel like there is way too much of a thought. And it's not necessarily a new thought, but a thought that caring, caring about people and doing the right thing and um, putting other people before yourself and all of those things are antithetical to making money, achieving your goals, being successful, Mm -hmm. right? Like, overseeing your competition, like all of those things are still possible. And I would argue in many cases, easier to do when you give a crap about other people (laughs) you know right like it's not all about it's not always about this this competitive nature of of climbing to the top which like is something that i've been so when i started working in technology and, and web development and with wordpress and things like that At that point, like I remember when like the terms black hat and white hat like SEO were like introduced and I remember like thinking like that's so cool that Google is like or SEO people in general identify that there is a right and a wrong way to do this, that there, you know, there isn't just one way meaning getting to the front page, but there are good ways to do it and there are bad ways to do it. And since then Google has decided on a regular basis to like not reward people for taking the low road in order to get to page one, right? So it's like, Google is one of the biggest companies in the whole world. And they prioritize doing things the right way to, like you said, answer the question, not make the sale. So why don't we all just, do that since apparently works for Google, right? Like, and I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are ways that Google does things uh, n- not in the best way sometimes, <laughs> but you know, in terms of search and, and SERPs and, and SEO and all of that stuff, um, yeah, it just, it makes sense to follow follow the example that they are setting, which is just answer the damn question. Yeah, Just answer Absolutely. the damn question. And the more you can do that, the more people are gonna be like, wow, I should actually X, Y, Z conversion, whatever that is, you know? Yeah. To me, it's
1: so obvious. Mm -hmm. And I think like the little rule follower in me (laughs) too is just like happy that like, yeah, there's a right way to do this. And if you do it the right way, it works. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we always say in some of our pieces too, is like, When you follow these rules, when you follow our path and our process and all Mm -hmm. of that, it works every single time. We will get more people to your site every single time because we just follow the rules that Google lays out for us. Mm -hmm. We don't try to trick a system. We don't try to trick our clients. Like, that would be really awful Um, and And not very fun for anybody.
0: No, not at all. And. I love this because this is, we're living in such a unique period, I mean, of human history, where all of this stuff is becoming way more talked about and way more important in terms of mental health, right? Mm -hmm. Like you and I were chatting a little bit in Austin about how, you know, we talk about removing stigmas of mental health. The pandemic, I feel like, removed so much stigma about mental health because everybody felt crappy and needed someone to talk to. And it became so normal and so like, well, not normal, but common for people yeah. to be struggling with their mental health. And I, like, I don't think there's ever been a, a time where we've been as open about talking about all of these internal things and sharing about how we feel. And there needs to be resources and places and people like you mm-hmm. who not only like because it's not just a therapy thing. It's not just a psychiatry thing. Our mental health is affected by everything. And given that the internet runs most of our lives, right? Right. The internet tends to affect our mental health in all kinds of ways. Um, I mean, even when, I can't tell you how much I get targeted online for like racial issues, because of the kind of things that I search and read and talk about and whatever. Yeah. And yeah, some of the ways that these companies or or online publications or whatever, try to get you to read about something is so aggressive. And it's like, yeah. I don't wanna think about the number of shootings or, you know, all of these things. I don't really wanna be thinking about that. Right. Um, so the fact that you're throwing it in my face in order to get me to click on this is just so like you used right before predatory of like, yeah. we know people are feeling badly about certain things. And so we're going to capitalize on that and we're going to build headlines around that. And it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre and so hurtful. And like, I love that there are people like you who do the opposite, intentionally try to do the opposite. Cause it's, With the, with the increase of the internet and the increase of mental health issues, like there needs to be some leveling out of those things.
1: There, there has to be, and you're right. The, the crassness or the just, I don't know, objectification of Mm -hmm. a headline to try to get clicks. It's so different than even like the old clickbaity stuff used to be Mm -hmm. um, because now it can be um, biased Mm-hmm. as well in so many ways and, and triggering and people just don't consider that. Yeah. Um, and not even in regards to race or LGBTQIA or any of these other things, but from, a talk about an eating disorder yeah. and eating, eating disorders can be really triggering. And mm-hmm. we even have to talk to our team about, When they're writing pieces, if they are ever in a space that like talking about these things so often Mm
0: -hmm.
1: feels too heavy or too hard, then we need to be able to raise our hands and say like, okay, Mm -hmm. I need to not have this topic cross my desk for Mm -hmm. a little while and take a break.
0: It reminds Um, me a lot too of how, um, again, when I kind of started being more involved in like WordCamps and things like that, a lot of after parties would take place in bars. Yes. And there was a kind of a push at a certain point to be like, hey, we need to be more thoughtful about, because to me, a WordCamp, it's an event, right? It's, this is content. This is a, uh, I had a word for it that I used in a previous podcast and I forgot. It's programming. You're building a program. yeah, And Bars are fun and sexy and there's, you know, people who do like to drink or might be more inclined to go to the after party if they know there's going to be, you know, a drink ticket or two, but you're not thinking about people who, A, are just going to be triggered and upset thinking about a bar right? and who are going to have to avoid going to the bar and who are going to be uncomfortable when somebody's like, are you going to the after party? No. Well, why not? You know, yeah. like there's so much around that that's so difficult. Um, and it honestly just takes like one person, one or two people to be like, Hey, that's un it's unkind. It's unkind. It's inconsiderate. If we're yeah. being inclusive, we should be inclusive. So, you know, and and as far as I know in the past couple of years, um, we've really not I haven't really seen any kind of parties at bars. They're typically in a lot more family friendly places, if you want to put it like that.
1: Yeah, I think so. We have so many people in our community who may not even be in recovery, but choose not to drink. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, I was talking to at Cloudfest, uh, Tony Perez and Jeray, and we were kind of reminiscing over 13 and 14 years ago whenever we were all playing together. And I am 40 now, and that is very different from being 28. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking about, um, our lives back then we would go to work camp Phoenix. Um, when it was in Tempe, it was in Tempe, wherever, anyway, we, mm-hmm. we renamed it Santan, work camp Santan, because <laughs> that was the brewery that mm-hmm. was really close to the venue. Um, it was the year that we had an, a vodka ice luge at their after party What?
0: it was I'm like a whole furiously. it was like a whole
1: situation <laughs> it's a whole situation um but we were laughing about it and reminiscing about how wonderful that is and then we were talking about Cloudfest we were all leaving halfway through the day to take naps <laughs> 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 and like and now it, the after party that they had at Cloudfest it was too loud and mm-hmm. nobody stayed none of our group stayed that we were hanging out with because it was just like it was too much and you go okay if we're there for business obviously we created some great relationships if we're still remembering all of our time together that long ago um but at the same time if you're there for business and business development how does dancing 80s music to a rock band while everybody's taking shots of something helpful because yeah. somebody was telling me even at clown fest they were getting um they were handing out shots at one of the things and he was like, no, thank you. Yeah. And they were like, no, you have to, you're in the, this area and you have to take a shot. And he was like, "Absolutely uh, not. excuse me, like we're adults now. Somebody else who chooses not to drink. It's such and a madman
0: like, way of like, I mean, that's in terms of like, oh, we're going to go network. That's it's such a bro-y madman approach to, you know, we're going to go unwind and like on a lighter note, I have I Googled vodka <laughs> ice luge because I'd never heard of that in my whole life. And if you're listening and you don't know what that is and you can't Google it right now, it's essentially a, a bon- uh, I would say like a beer bong or an alcohol bong made yeah. of ice. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some of them are very NSFW, which is, Lindsay was talking and my face was doing all kinds of stuff. Um, so I was wondering. Google yeah. image search at your own risk, but this is hilarious. I've never heard of this before. Um, yeah. Also, so, I think a, a good place for us to maybe wrap up. <laughs>
1: right is on that uh, yeah, honestly on I, I just created some wp drama by even like bringing it up on a public podcast because it was such a it was a big thing back then um and probably maybe standards and rules of conduct came into play because of all of us
0: <laughs> i would hope back so then. like right? w- there should not be any room for there to be peer pressure about taking a shot at a no. business and technology conference hello oh geez right so so bizarre. bizarre. okay well it was so nice to have you on Lindsay I, we did we did say in Austin like we could just sit and talk for a super 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 long time if we want to yeah. and, and we will um but I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast and talk to me um where can people find you online if they're curious more about the things that you do Yeah.
1: So contentjourney.com and lindsaymillerwp on Twitter. I'm also really active on LinkedIn and so you can find me there too. And so all three of those spaces.
0: Perfect. We'll pop links to those in the show notes. Um, And yeah, thank you again. And I hope to see you soon again. Yeah. Thanks, Uh, Allie. And yeah, thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next week. This episode was sponsored by the following companies. The Blogsmith. the Blogsmith is a holistic content marketing agency for B2B technology brands that creates data-driven content with a great reader experience. Visit theblogsmith.com to learn more. Thank you so much to our sponsors for this episode. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode using our database or just want to say hi, go to underrepresentedintech.com. See you next week.